It's time for episode 121 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, January 27th, 2016. Clockwise. Four people, four technology topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the only podcast where it's good to get clocked. I'm your co-host, Dan Morin. I'm joined, as I am so many weeks, by Mr. Jason Snell. Hi, Jason. You are not in your West Coast secret lair. I'm in my desert fortress this time, and that's just how I like it. So hi, Dan. It's good to move around. Yeah, it's good to move around. You got to make sure all those different fortresses of solitude get their time. That's right. You know, timeshare. That's how Superman does it, and it's good enough for him. It's good enough for me. Uh, we have two fantastic guests joining us today. To my left, it is developer Mr. Guy English. Hi, Guy. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. I don't care how you are, but but it's nice <laughs> to talk. To it's you. good. I was uh, I was worried there. <laughs> Dan had to think about it. I you know it's 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 Wednesday. I have to think about things. <laughs> and to my left, uh, my former colleague at uh, at Mac user back in the day, uh, Shelley Brisbane, also podcaster and uh, and book author and so many other things. Hi, Shelley. Hello. I saw that article, too, and I, I didn't have as many Mac user flashbacks as I did do whenever I see Windows 95 and remember our famous Windows 95 So What cover. <laughs> right, where the lawyers had us take off the, yes. uh, my, the Windows logo. Yeah. <laughs> it was the 90s, folks. Let's just mm-hmm. leave it at that. Uh, the 90s. Well, now it's the 20-teens, 2010s. Sure. I don't know. I'm, I'm waiting for that to end so it can be back to the 20s, and we'll talk about what's going on today, perhaps. Uh, so we've got four topics for you. I'm going to kick it off this week by mentioning something that came up in the Apple earnings call uh, yesterday as this airs. Uh, Tim Cook was asked by our favorite analyst, Mr. Gene, Gene Munster, Munster, who was finally given up on beating the Apple TV set drum and instead is saying, so Tim, uh, what do you think about VR, virtual reality? Is that is that something you think is interesting? Uh, and Tim Cook actually deigned to answer this question and said it has may have some interesting applications. So my question for you guys is, is VR something that is interesting to you? Do you think Apple will get into this game? And if so, what, what might that look like? Guy? Um, he said it's not a niche and it's something with a lot of interesting applications. I mean, so I'm a graphics guy. I've done, worked on a lot of games. Yes, I think VR is interesting. The thing about VR, though, is that it, by necessity, takes you out of the, the, the real world. Like, you can't share that experience with your with your family or your friends, like, sitting on the couch. So I, have, I, I think there can be amazing things with it, but I think that um, it's still kind of... I'm not sold entirely on the notion. I think it's going to be alienating. Like, if you go to a planetarium and you put on your VR goggles, you don't get to share the, the, the wonder with the, the people around you. I, um, I, I can't decide whether uh, Tim was trolling Gene Munster. <laughs> I, mean, I, I kind of I feel like it's like, oh, what? oh, we could mess with Gene here. We'll talk, tell, say that it's interesting. I thought this was like on the level of the wrist being a, an area of interest for Apple, where this is them not denying it sort of publicly, purposefully, that they don't think it's an, a niche technology. They think it has interesting and presumably broad applications. And I think that is, uh, I think it's an intriguing move on Apple's part. Uh, I don't know if VR, I would say, since your question, Dan, is, does it appeal to me? And I'm not sure that it does. I, I think 
uh, I can see how in some games and stuff it would be pretty cool. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like it, it is inevitable and that it will have some good applications, but I'm also skeptical that this is uh, something that's going to have broad appeal for a while. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we're going to have some real VR products that are are, are going to be uh, taken seriously this year, and I guess we'll get a we'll get a better idea of it. But you know, I could see it for gaming, especially. I think that's the that's the the one that really strikes me as being the most likely. I think it would have been more entertaining if Tim had just said VR. N- never heard of it. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> tell me more, uh, Gene. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tell me more. Uh, I, I personally, on a, on a hyper personal level, I'm not really interested in VR. It's a obviously a highly visual technology, and as a lot of folks out there may know, I'm visually impaired, and so whenever something super visual comes along, it is either a tremendous opportunity to see the world in a different way through technology or it's totally inaccessible. And I feel like for myself, VR is going to be one of those two things. The upside of it for me would be I love the idea of simulations. I always like the idea of piloting vehicles that I'm not allowed by law to pilot in real life, so that might be fun. Uh, On the other hand, uh, it just might not work at all. I felt the same way about Google Glass. So, yeah, I think it's inevitable is, is probably as good a word as any. And Apple clearly needs to, whether they are creating a set of products in that space eventually they obviously need to be cognizant of it in terms of how it affects uh the overall technological landscape and what their competitors might do so they'll do something with it i wouldn't even hazard a guess to predict what that might be i know they've made some acquisitions in that area so it's just any anything tim cook says always generates a headline even if you know gene munster is the start of it uh so I don't know. I think uh, we'll see is probably my best guess as to what we should say about VR and Apple at this point. Yeah, I I think I agree with most of you that the gaming aspect or simulation aspect of it it seems to be the most uh, attractive part of it. I've been playing this new space sim on my Xbox, and I you know this is it's a Elite Dangerous, which is has some VR support, although not currently on the Xbox. And definitely playing that game, I'm like, wow, this would be super cool in VR. I think you know of all the things that I have played, I think that would translate really well. But that seems like it is a smaller application. Obviously, the game market is huge. Um, but as, as Guy said, I think it is alienating and isolating, too, when you're putting on this, uh, you know, this, this headset and all this gear and you're not really able to share that experience as well. Uh, but at the same time, I'm also really intrigued by the, the stuff that Google and Microsoft have been doing with sort of the more mixed reality, augmented reality approach. Uh, of the HoloLens and Google Glass and stuff like that. And I, I think with all of these people working on this, I think this is definitely an area of interest. I don't think any of these things is you know, likely to hit mainstream immediately, but I, I think that there's going to be a lot of attention devoted there over the next several years. So thank you all for your thoughts on that. And we'll go to uh, topic two from Guy. Um, so I, was, I wanted to talk about the uh, Apple made money hand over fist. And yet a lot of the um, the talk about it was that they were making money hand over fist not quite as fast as they used to be making money hand over fist, <laughs> and I, I I'm I'm always curious about that. I, like I understand that, uh, that you know the the market not not the actual market the people buy products in but the uh, the stock market wants to see growth. At a certain point, things by necessity slow down. Like there's only so many people on the planet. Is this a bad quarter for Apple, despite it breaking all the records? Is, is, do you guys actually think it's a bad quarter for Apple and like a bad sign? I think it's a great quarter for Apple. I mean, this is a, another record quarter for them, although only slightly more of a record than the one last year. Um, I, I, 
I, you know, I understand, like you said, this, some people view this through an investment lens and they're, they're, um, and this is what a lot of people who aren't investors don't understand. And I, it, it doesn't make sense from that perspective. And it can get very frustrating. It's like this company just had the, one of the best quarters of any company ever. And why are people freaking out? And the answer is because those people, you know, those people consider, assumed that Apple would do this and it's already built into the, the price of the stock or how the market views the stock. And they're worried about the future. And now it, it's looking like that growth is going to slow down or stop, which doesn't mean that it's going to come down. I think that's the other misunderstanding is people look at something like uh, the iPod, which went up and then came back down and had this lifespan where it was a relevant product. And they look at the iPhone and they think, wow, um, Apple's going to have to do something to replace the iPhone because now it's reached the peak. It's just going to come down. And I don't think the iPhone's going to come down. I, you know, I, I think the smartphone's such a key t- category. People are going to keep buying them they're going to buy them for a very long time until there's something that can replace your smartphone and i don't think that's going to happen uh, anytime soon so uh, i think i think it's kind of a uh, it, it is a great quarter it it is apple's biggest quarter ever i think that uh T- tim cook was pretty good at saying that um, there are there there's a lot of growth in the smartphone market. There are a lot of uh, markets that don't have LTE yet or are just getting LTE, which is a much faster networking standard that we you know we have here in the U.S. now. But um, you know those LTE conversions drive a lot of smartphone sales because people want to go from the 3G network up to a faster network. And then there for Apple, there's a lot of opportunity in some countries where Apple is not strong, and it's a little counter counterintuitive to say, well, Apple doesn't do well in India, so that's not an opportunity for them. In fact, it's a huge opportunity for them because they don't currently do well there, and uh, and they feel like there's an opportunity there. And Tim Cook talks a lot about the growing middle class in China and how Apple's remains bullish on China for the same reason that a lot of people are are uh, getting uh, you know are getting more income and uh that that's uh, once people in, enter the middle class they uh they have more money to buy nice things like apple products and that is part of apple's strategy so you know i understand why the investors are upset because if if your goal is to have a stock you know in a company that is showing huge growth then apple may not be able to give that for you uh certainly at the scale that the iphone has done probably ever but um you know it, it's still a great quarter because Apple is making, I mean, it's the best quarter ever. So yeah, I would say it's good. The cool thing about making a lot of money is that you get to take that money home and do whatever you do with money in their case, invested in new product development, R&D, building new campuses everywhere. I don't know. I feel like from a strictly bottom line, it's better to take in money than to not take in money point of view. Apple is still an incredibly wealthy company. And if they are going to do those things that are going to knock the socks off investors in terms of new products and new product categories, obviously they have to take in a lot of money to make that possible. And sure, there were plenty of nuggets that one could uh, look at in this earnings statement that uh, may or may not bode well for particular current product categories or may in the long term mean that the products have to evolve into something different. Uh, That's great. And those concerns do matter. But the fact is, Apple is still taking in a lot of cash. And that is what it needs to continue to grow and evolve as a company. So that's a good thing. Yeah, I, I agree. Obviously, this is a, a good quarter. Uh, I think the thing is, if you're playing the stock market, you're in, you're inherently trying to predict things, right? Like that's your kind of your game is trying to figure out where the where the ball's going and how you can get there and make money. And so investors and analysts and pundits really like clear, predictable paths. 
and in this case, that means well, okay, if the iPhone is hitting hitting its you know apex, and and, it, and I don't think it will start dropping like a rock anytime soon. It's not as though everybody's bought an iPhone. It's like well, say five million, we're done. No one else needs one. We're just closing up shop. Um, it's, you know, but they want to know, they want that roadmap, right? They want to know. That's why they always try to suss out from Tim Cook on these calls what they're going to do next. Uh, they want to know what's going to take over, what's going to be the next big thing they can jump on. Uh, and, you know, this is, that's not how the world works. So they're going to inherently be frustrated by that. Um, and so when things don't fit their patterns, they're going to, you know, deride it and try to, you know, manipulate and uh, arrange things to their liking. So, I think you have to separate out the game of the stock market and finances from the reality of how this company is actually performing. And the answer is they made $18 billion in profit. You know, that's more than a lot of companies. As Tim Cook said at some point, I think it's more than, you know, Fortune 500 companies make in a year. Um, so it's it's kind of ridiculous. Will the iPhone eventually, you know, taper off and decline? Yeah. Like you said, all things do. I think there's a much longer life cycle. If you look at the, if you look at that graph um, of the curve of iPhone sales over time and compare it to something like the iPod, which is basically looks like a scaled down version. And so if you bl- blow up the, the iPod scale to something like the iPhone, what you'll see is that, yeah, the ramp up was a lot longer um, and the peak is a lot higher. Uh, and that means that this is going to be a longer lasting market. But there will be something that comes after it eventually. It's just probably not something that's going to happen right now. And at the moment, that's going to frustrate the people who want that nice, steady, predictable investing strategy. Okay, we, we are two two topics in. We have two topics to go. Um, I'm next. So here is my topic. Uh, in the Apple financial results that were released on Tuesday, uh, iPad sales still trending down. We had hoped, I think, to see that maybe flat bottom out or turn around. I think there was some conventional wisdom that the iPad had bottomed out. Nope, still trending down. So I wanted to ask our uh, our big brains here at Clockwise, what could Apple do to give the iPad product line a boost? Or is there nothing to be done and we just all overestimated the desire that people have to use technology? tablet devices. Shelly? I feel like the iPad doom and gloom. I was one of those a, a year, I guess a nine months or so ago when this first came up that I was saying, oh, that's silly. Everybody just needs to calm down. And this unfortunately does look like a, a trend. My temptation is to, as I always say, that Apple should have more value products and that there should be a lower end because I've been playing around with cheap Android tablets lately and so it's nice to hold those little things in my hand and realize that those are inexpensive and that they're nice entry-level devices and even if they aren't as nice as iPads I bet a lot of people buy them but those are that's sort of purely based on my personal point of view that that value is a thing but uh, Apple doesn't seem to agree and they're doing a lot better financially than I personally am so uh, I guess they win Uh, but it does feel like what's going to have to happen first of all to to acknowledge the fact that people just keep tablets longer than they seem to keep phones for a variety of reasons and secondly I think iOS is going to have to become closer to uh, a computer operating system so that people who are trying to decide between a tablet and a laptop will have a a clearer choice because if a tablet, which is even though not inexpensive, less expensive than most Apple laptops, uh, is a viable option for them instead of a laptop, uh, maybe the tab the tablet sales would increase and cannibalize the laptop sales. I don't know, but it does seem to me that there are still things about iOS that don't make it ideal as a primary portable device for a lot of people. All of us probably have multiple devices, but that's not necessarily the case with everyone out there. So it does seem like. The 
the tablet has to get better, whether it's in terms of the operating system or whether it's in terms of uh, value. But I, I, I don't feel like that's a panacea either. I, I feel like um, there might be an evolution of what, what a tablet means, whether, like I say, it replaces a laptop or whether it's uh, simply it changes in some fundamental way that I can't put my finger on right now, but it does appear that what's going on uh, right now with uh, the iPad is uh, not leading Apple upward. And so something's going to happen. I just don't know what that's going to be. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's definitely an interesting question. I mean, looking at sort of the overall sales of the iPad, it's it's a fascinating uh, issue because the iPad had such huge growth. I think at the beginning, I would say their curve was in some ways from the get go was steeper even than the iPhone, uh, and yet it it definitely mellowed out a lot faster than the iPhone has, which seems to continue uh, going going upwards, uh, at least until now. And I think in some ways that's because, you know, the iPad did certainly have a lot of impetus and a lot of excitement around its initial launch. And, you know, as, as Shelley just alluded, I don't think people upgrade them as much as they upgrade their phones. The phones are much more personal. They're with us all the time. They're something most people depend on every day. And so they get a lot more wear and tear, among other things, right? A lot of dropped phones uh, and so a lot, and a lot of phones that just, you know, <laughs> they get dirty and grimy and they get used a lot. Uh, and so I think they, they tend to have a faster update cycle. And I think the iPads tend to be used primarily in the house or the workplace. They probably don't take as much damage and wear and tear. Uh, they have a little more uh, oomph at some points in terms of horsepower, so I think they don't go obsolete as fast. People don't use them for as many things, so you know, an old iPad still great for watching Netflix or Hulu or stuff like that. Maybe not as great for running the latest and greatest games, but honestly, most of them do tend to handle stuff pretty well. They age pretty well, uh, and so I think that's definitely a part of it. Uh, it is surprising in some ways also that, that that the sales haven't rebounded or flattened out a little bit, but that may also be because there hasn't been anything hugely impressive to warrant people like even who have an existing iPad to buy another one. Uh, so I think there's a lot of questions over the iPad market. I agree with Shelley that it's maybe not as capable as you would like it to be. It's it's you can do your job on it, and it's certainly you know I know a lot of people have used it to replace their Macs. I, I think I would easily seed my iPad before I seeded my Mac in terms of you know stuff I want to get want to use to get things done. Um, and so I think that does put the iPad in a sticky situation between the iPhone and the Mac. Uh, and maybe it will rebound or maybe it will end up being, you know, a temporary product until we find something else that fits in that category a little better. Um, so I agree with Shelley that, you know, uh, maybe a cheaper device would be good um, just in terms of it being more accessible. But when I think of the iPad, I think it's more of a victim of its own success. There's a lot of iPads out there and they basically all still work and they all kind of do the job that you want them to do. You can you can uh, watch video on them, you can answer email, you can use the web to various degrees of you know responsiveness. But all of those are within the margin of what people are willing to uh, put up with and accept. I know I've, I've bought a lot of iPads for development reasons and I've given a lot away to friends and like their kids want an iPad so whatever. I'm sounding like a like a weird techno Santa Claus here, but it's like, well, I don't need my iPad one anymore, so whatever. There you go. I don't need my iPad two. Fine, let your kids beat on it. 
Um, and I think that's kind of that secondary market is probably depressing a lot of iPad sales. That said, what do they do? They dropped twenty five percent this quarter sales year over year. I mean, which is uh, yeah, yeah, that's significant, right? Like it's. Uh, I think it is. I'm, I'm sure it's something that does trouble them. As for remedy, I have no idea. I don't think that you can tweak the software necessarily to get people to to come back and and, and buy more iPads. Like nobody's going to be excited enough to go out and buy a bunch of iPads because now they can do uh, like the iPad Pro sort of multitasking fancy stuff. Uh, it helps, and they should definitely do it. But I don't think that's going to be a driving factor. I think I think maybe you know the pencil's great. Uh, they're going to have to sort of not that they're going to have to, but but I imagine them be added across the line at some point. Right? In terms of what the iPad is, I like like Dan. I mean, I would give up my iPad before I give up my Mac for sure. And I honestly don't know what they could do to sort of change that. The iPad is kind of like the computer that just works and it just keeps working and you don't have to think about it. And I think we are expecting, or at least the market is expecting, um, a device that keeps selling like gangbusters and year after year after year, people just keep buying a new one. And it's not like that. It's more like, uh, it's like a pad of paper. Like it, it it's going to sell at a certain level uh, to, to suit the needs. But I, I don't, think it excites people the way that uh, the market wants it to right i think uh one of the things you said was was key there guy which is a victim of its of its early success i think when it came out everybody was like oh this is a good idea i want one of those and so you had a market with no no tablets in it and people flooded in to get the tablets but the replacement rate is obviously much lower than that and uh people could say well it's people not using their ipads and they don't care and they they don't they don't need to buy a new one i don't think that's the case i think that uh, not to bring up customer sat my tim cook's favorite thing but i i think that uh, people love their ipads but they use them for what they use them for they yeah they don't need to replace them at the rate that they would replace a smartphone um and so they don't and so we'll see how it goes over time but i i think that they're going to go around i did hear from a bunch of people who said uh after the results came out that they particularly were going to buy a new ipad this fall and uh they they expected an ipad air 3 and one didn't come and so they're like i'm just gonna wait and i think that is the simplest answer to my question of what could Apple do to give this product line a boost is probably up- update your mainstream iPad. You know, they updated the iPad mini and they released the iPad Pro, which is a very impressive product and I love mine, but they didn't update the one that probably most people buy, which is the Air. And uh, they could probably do that and that would boost sales to a certain degree. But overall, I think you guys all talked about it. I think that, that that's about right. I think uh, perhaps we invested a little too much uh, expectation in the tablet revolution and that while they're uh, great products and that some people will use them to get work done and uh, and might even opt for them over a Mac and we know some of those people it's uh, it's going to be a long kind of a long term thing and they may never be that you know throw out your laptops the, the iPad is here scenario that we thought it was in, in 2010 when this all started so I think we can all agree that customer iPad customer sat is greater than iPad customer sad <laughs> <laughs> No, I will not agree to that crap. (laughs) (laughs) You must. The numbers are there. I'm just going to move on. Shelly, it's time for your topic. What do you have for us? Well, speaking of customer sad, when I got my Apple TV, I was sad that it didn't have a podcast app. But as of this week, it does. And I was sad because I was writing a review and I needed to write things that were good and things that were bad. And so one of the things I said was that there wasn't a podcast app and that that was bad. And now that I have one, I'm 
wondering uh, what I should do with it. And I guess my question to you, <laughs> my question to you, maybe I've tipped my answer a little bit. Uh, my question to you all is, uh, do you find the uh, podcast app on the Apple TV interesting? Will you use it? Do you use Apple's podcasting ecosystem to get your podcasts? I am already so bad at listening to podcasts on, you know, uh, my existing audio equipment that I think the chances of me using the Apple TV to listen to podcasts are approaching nil. Uh, I I honestly mainly listen to podcasts either in the car or on my headphones or occasionally on while I'm washing dishes or something on a Bluetooth speaker. Uh, I and I and I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, uh, so I don't really think that the Apple TV. I I didn't even realize the podcast app was missing on the Apple TV for a while there. So I don't think this is going to have a big impact on me. It's nice to have it there just to check the box and for the sake of completeness uh, and because I'm sure that it works well with the podcast app on the iPhone and iPad, I guess, probably. So I'm sure that's great for Apple and people who get their podcast through the Apple ecosystem. I don't think it's going to make a big difference for me. So, well, I haven't tried the uh, the Apple TV podcast app yet. Uh, I'm, I'm in California at my girl's friend's house right now and i don't know it's on my account so i didn't i didn't go and download the uh the apple tv uh, app when i'm at home uh i actually tend to use itunes to play uh podcasts mostly almost entirely because it'll do airplay to my apple tv which is hooked up to my tv so in in my entire house i can hear the podcast so i'll put a podcast on and then whatever do the chores i'll clean the house or i'll be cooking and i'll get to hear it wherever i am otherwise i i if, when I, if i'm out i i use overcast but i i do spend a lot of time with the apple podcast environment having it on my tv would be great but I, I, like I said, I haven't tried it. If it, if it could airplay back to my computer, that would be great too. <laughs> I, I think this is a great addition. I think they have to have it. Uh, I miss the trailers app probably more than I wanted a podcast app on the Apple TV. Um, I, I, it's funny. Guy mentioned Overcast. I, I think there's an opportunity there for something like that, or or, or Pocket Cast, or some uh, other service that syncs all your stuff and syncs your place and all of that. Because I do think some people use the Apple TV to play stuff through their TV or stereo speakers, and uh, it's another way that they listen to their their media, including podcasts. And so having it having it be missing, I think, is a uh, is something that frustrates people. It it, it hasn't really bothered me because I don't use podcasts that way. I find it strange that th- there are a lot of uh, kind of home entertainment context in which pe- podcasts aren't supported. The Sonos, uh, I've been trying out Sonos uh, music-connected uh, speakers and stuff, and they have basically no podcast story to tell. They, they like completely miss the boat on it, um, and it's a problem. So I don't know what the deal is with that, but the good thing about the new Apple TV is that uh, there's third-party app development. So Apple's got a, a podcast app that by all all accounts is kind of rudimentary, but at least it's present. And uh, as a podcaster, I think that's good. But I, I, um, I'm hoping that we see some third-party uh, podcast app players apps on there that are better, uh, because some people use them. But personally, I don't, and I don't watch video podcasts at all. I, I use YouTube for for that. Basically, I think most people are like that now. I am an Overcast user, have been for a while since I got off the iPhone's syncing bandwagon. How, how long that ago? What that was a couple years ago. 
And so I would love to see an Overcast app on Apple TV, if only because maybe I would subscribe to some video podcasts. I don't watch video podcasts on my phone at all. Interestingly enough, when I installed the podcast app on the Apple TV just to have a look at it, there's not an obvious way to search for video podcasts or to filter them out in specifically, which is what I would have wanted to do. We do have an iTunes-based podcast library in the house because my husband connects his iPod Nano so that he can go out in the yard and get it dirty without worries. And so he gets his podcasts that way. And so when I popped the podcast app onto the Apple TV, well, it was actually installed by default with the update, which was interesting too. Um, I noticed that those iTunes-based podcasts popped up in the library. So I told him, I said, you can listen to your podcasts on the Apple TV. And he said, well, why would I want to do that? And I did not have a good answer for him. <laughs> so <laughs> until I can find him a video podcast that, that he likes or that I like, I don't think it's going to change my life very much. All right. That's all four topics. We got just enough time for a super quick bonus question. I've been trying baking experiments recently. I've made a few different things, which have turned out pretty well. I'm curious to know if you guys have particular baking good baked goods you consider a specialty in making guy nope <laughs> well that's a fast answer um my son makes says i make the best uh waffles in the world but i i enjoy making buttermilk uh southern style biscuits and thus begins muffin gate again i am a more of a cook than a baker however i have discovered the secret to making perfect german pretzels which is you dunk them in food grade lye before yeah. you bake them and they turn out wonderfully so that is my only uh, real baking achievement those sound delicious i look forward to making those at some point for my next event what about you dan what about me? I don't have a specialty yet. I'm still experimenting. Although, if I'm going to specialize in something, it's going to be popovers because I love popovers. Okay. Good. Just checking. Uh, well, that's all we have time for today. Uh, Guy English, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. And Shelly Brisbane, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. That's a Dan. And we that's made it. it. Yeah, we did. We survived yet another one. It's amazing how that keeps happening. Uh, and we'll be back next week. But until then, we remind you all watch what you say and keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Bye.